Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com, brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. Uh, we are coming to you today from inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center uh, uh, to talk stuff about the 2021 Ohio State Recruiting Football class. Um, right now, nine commitments in it, Spencer. Um, that's Spencer Holbrook, by the way. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Um, nine commits. Kyle McCord, that quarterback, is sort of the, the leader on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you have five-star defensive end Jack Sawyer, who is the country's second-ranked prospect in, in that class. Sawyer was one of those early guys that wanted to make sure he made a splash. And being from Columbus, it sort of made it easy for him to stay home. Today, though, we're going to talk about the rest of the class and, and really what you know we're seeing as, as trends or, or what really could be a developing uh, as Ryan Day and the Buckeyes start to really turn the focus from the class of 2020, which now seems to be almost complete. Uh, you know, they're still waiting on Cameron Martinez, but it's it's time to turn the page to 2021. Yeah, 2020, their numbers are just so tight. You there's there's you just can't fit any more guys into this class. And Ohio State would probably like to go after a couple of these guys, but it's just not realistic to think that that more than five or six guys are going to transfer out. And you can't even speculate who those guys would be yeah. or if they even have any transfer options. And then you also uh, they don't leave. They're not leaving any wiggle room for if they want to go to the transfer portal. I mean, we thought at one point that this class could have 26 or 27 guys in it. It still could. I mean, there's 24, it's 24 signed. And then there's still Cam Martinez, and then they're still looking to recruit Jameer Gibbs and maybe one other cornerback. So they, they can talk all they want about the numbers, and but if it comes down to finding a guy that fits and finding a guy that makes sense that um, they like what they can see projection-wise, then they're going to make a move uh, and then let the chips fall where they may. I, so. I think the one thing that we need to remember about this is they'll take a true freshman that's going to fit in the class over a guy who might – uh, want an extra year of eligibility yeah. that might not get some playing time. They're, they're going to make those hard decisions. And that that's one of the things when Ryan Dacob's saying, we're going to have meetings, we're going to be talking about these kind yeah. of things. I, I imagine those are the tough conversations that are going to happen more so than just, hey, Justin, what are your goals for, for 2020? Right. And, and those those meetings, the, the real turn the page meeting started Wednesday afternoon uh, following Ryan Day's press conference, which you can watch on the Letterman uh, Row YouTube channel. Like those meetings began immediately. We got here to the Woody Hayes on Wednesday afternoon and Greg Madison was walking in. He looked like he might have had a procedure himself, like a, a surgery or something, because he was using a cane to walk around. And I heard him say that he wasn't even supposed to be uh, on his feet yet. So, um, you know, maybe uh, it's not just the, the players getting some work done in this <laughs> offseason, but, you know, in recruiting, there obviously isn't an offseason. Um, no. It, it, there's it a couple goes, dead periods, but no There's a couple no slower no days, but there is no real offseason. 2021 is, is going to kick into full gear here coming up. And that's going to start last year. Ohio State sort of uh, skipped out on doing some things that a lot of schools do, like the big junior days, because Ryan Day coming into the program wanted to have an opportunity to meet people, to meet recruits and their families individually and have a little bit more of an intimate um, feel because he wanted these kids and their families to know who he was. Um, now that his legacy has begun and people are familiar with Ryan Day and know who he is, how he is, I think you will see – 
those traditional junior weekends that that were big under Urban Meyer and things like Friday Night Lights and that kind of stuff. I think you may see that happen again this year now that Ryan Day is a little bit more entrenched and comfortable. They're too important to miss out on. They're too important not to do when everyone else is doing them. And the other thing I will say is he is quickly becoming a rock star. When he walks into a room, he commands it. You know that he's there. One thing that struck me about the Fiesta Bowl, and I had never been in this kind of setting, and you had, like when Dabo Sweeney was in the room, you knew Dabo was in the room. Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine that's, and whenever Urban's in a room around here, we know, hey, Urban's in there. Right. Ryan is becoming, Ryan Day is becoming that. When Ryan Day enters a room, it's, oh my yeah. gosh, Ryan Day's in the room. And that that matters to recruits a lot more than we think it does. No, certainly the the aura is different i guess now than it was he's a big 10 champion he's right. coaching the college football playoff he nearly took down a 29 game winning streak that ultimately ended in the, in the title game but um yeah it's it's all changing the the uh the bright lights around ryan day are, are really starting to turn on and i think you'll start to notice that recruits identify with him a little different they're, they're certainly not like a major drop off in ohio state recruiting in the class of 2020 it is the fourth ranked class in the nation it's a it's the big ten's best class by a wide margin the 2021 class is setting up to start the same way this is the big ten's best class already it's the nation's it's top not ranked, going to it's change the nation's top ranked class um you know, there, there are three or four positions that are ultimately going to define the class of 2021. Um, one of them is going to be the running back spot. We, we have beaten the horse on the 2020 recruiting. It was dead like last yeah, March. I mean, the, the, the running back recruiting in 2020, we have just kicked the living crap out of over the last year. And that's still going. Uh, you know, with Jameer Gibbs' visit coming up this weekend is a big piece of that, uh, how that ends up. Um, but beyond that, 2021, especially if Jameer Gibbs ends up staying at Georgia Tech or, or flipping to Florida or somebody else other than Ohio State, you now have a, a major need in 2021, not just for a body to fill the class. And I and I know that that's sort of what people think about Mayan Williams in 2020 is that he just became a, a plug-and-play guy. Like, okay, we need someone, so go get him. 2021, they have to get a star. They have to go out and find one of those – cream of the crop guys and that, that list for people who followed Letterman Row and read our work that list starts with Donovan Edwards the four-star running back from it's, West Bloomfield Michigan it, I, th I think and what we've gathered it also ends with Donovan Edwards he is the the guy that they want uh, Evan Pryor is out there uh, Will Shipley is out there a lot of people compare Will Shipley to you know the next Christian McCaffrey and you can debate on whether that's because of the way he looks or in the way he play or the way yeah. he plays but Donovan Edwards is the guy. If they can land Donovan Edwards, they'll, right. they'll be set up for a lot of success down Ed, the road. Edwards is that every down back, okay? So he, he's, he reminds me similar. I, I don't want to put too much expectation, but to me, he's like a Todd Gurley type. Like he's a guy who's 6'1", 215 pounds, runs pretty upright, but he is fast. He runs hard. He's really good out of the backfield. He's an adequate pass blocker already at this point in his career, which obviously will get better as he matures and learns how to play football. But the thing with Donovan Edwards is that in his sophomore year, he broke his ankle and uh, kind of put him off people's list a little bit. He's the fourth-ranked running back in the country, and he's sort of the guy that – Makes the most sense. Tony Alford has been recruiting him for well over a year now. He's been to Ohio State multiple times. And I get the sense that we don't hear much about Ohio State and Donovan Edwards lately on purpose. I, I almost feel like he has chosen 
to stop talking about Ohio State because it's hard to live in Michigan and have. I was just about to bring up that point and and to be that close to He's the number one prospect on Ohio State's board for the running back position, and he's from Michigan. Like, just imagine. That's that's a monumental not shift because the rivalry has been shifted for twenty years, but that's a monumental. Uh, it's a milestone. It's yeah. a flag that Ryan Day can plant. And it's say, a lot of weight also on a kid's shoulders who is dealing with the the recruiting world uh, that that we live in, which is every day people calling you, texting you, DMing you, trying to get information. The more Donovan Edwards talks about his interest in Ohio State the more pressure gets on his shoulders living in Michigan and not just living in Michigan, but West Bloomfield uh, high school was developing into one of the premier talent uh, producers in Michigan. Their head coach played at Michigan is Ronald Bellamy. The Makari page and Carnell Wheeler, who were leaders of that group last year in the class of 2020 committed to Michigan. They are, there is a major push to get him to go to Michigan. And I think that it's easier for him to say, hey, you know what, I, I'm just going to not talk about this. And, and Donovan Edwards has sort of retreated. He did an episode of Bermanology uh, on Letterman Row with us back, I think, in, in May or, or June. So, uh, But he, he's really not spoken since then. So it's kind of interesting to watch. But I want to be clear, Donovan Edwards is not the only running back on the list. and, and it's, it, He's just at the top. He's at the top. But there are other guys who across the country that I think would – garner that same kind of discussion if they end up coming to Columbus for a visit. The first one is the nation's number one ranked running back, and he does not get talked about with Ohio State at all, but he really should. And that's Kamar Wheaton out of Texas. He is a superstar. And Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, like they're all in the mix. And the Buckeyes, according to people I talk to that are uh, handle covering recruiting in Texas, are, are near the top of his list, but he does not talk. So you just don't know. He's not a guy who's on social media. He's not out there begging for retweets or attention. So you just don't know. But I, I don't. I haven't really mentioned him on on dotting the eyes or any other um, Letterman Row report because it just I don't have anything to say from him directly. But keep Kamar Wheaton's name in mind. Yeah, he. It's funny that the number one back was associate was not associated with Ohio State until the end of the cycle this year this year and you had to tamper those expectations yeah. that Ohio State was just going to reach out to this guy you know out of nowhere now the number one back might be associated with Ohio State but we have no idea because he just yeah. won't talk and he doesn't talk his coaches don't talk it's not a system there that it's not he's not at one of these huge schools that's used to the recruiting spotlight so Keep an eye on Kamar Wheaton. And yes, as you mentioned, Evan Pryor, Will Shipley, uh, Corey Kiner down at Cincinnati, Roger Bacon. Like these are all guys that are very involved as well. And Tony Alford is scouring the country to try to find those running backs. It seems to me, and this is weird with Corey Kiner, when, when Ohio State gets an in-state commitment, Ohio State fans just kind of dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Like Mayan Williams is a good back. We know he's a good back. And fans will, could watch his highlight and say, that's a pretty good back. But since he's from Ohio, it's always like, okay, what, what are you going to do now? What are you going to, you know, what, what have you done for me lately out of Ohio? And like, they, everybody kind of takes Jack Sawyer for granted because he yeah. just comes to everything and he's a Buckeye through and through. But like, Corey Kiner is another guy that I think you have to keep an eye on because he is so close to home and 
Ryan Day has, has made it a point to get these guys for in state and put the actual yeah. fence that Trestle had around the state and really plant that flag in the state and say nobody is taking the best players in this state out of this state. And I think Corey Kiner is an interesting one because Ohio State might have a need for, for two backs in 2021. They and they've offered Kiner, and that's important. that They wouldn't have offered him early if they didn't think he could play. But Kiner, from my conversations with him and just the general buzz around him, is that he actually prefers Michigan. At this it's, point. it's strange. Donovan so, Edwards comes to Ohio so State. They go to that's a trade Ohio State would make um, in a heartbeat if, if it comes down to that. But Kiner's on that list. Will Shipley? I don't know that I even include Shipley on the list because I don't think he's a, a running back um, necessarily. I think he's a guy that is going to play the slot uh, and move around a lot. So he's not really being recruited by Tony Alford. It's more Kevin Wilson, Brian Hartline being involved. North Carolina is Kevin Wilson's area, but. It, Kevin Wilson's the one who opened the door with Evan Pryor, but it's Alfred recruiting him because Alfred is recruiting the pure every down running backs like Evan Pryor. So let's move on from running backs because I, I could talk about that group all day. But the next group that's going to be proved to be really important for Ohio State in 2021 is the defensive line. And yes, they're off to a great start with Jack Sawyer, who's again the number two ranked player in the country, five star recruit. Um, after this 2020 season, uh, you lose Jonathan Cooper. You potentially lose Tyreek Smith. I mean, three years and out is pretty much the standard at this point for starting defensive ends at Ohio State. Except for Cooper. You then get one year left of, of Zach Harrison. Um, Tyler Friday, Javante Jean-Baptiste, all these guys. Are, Those two guys are developing into nice pieces. Yeah, though. Those I mean, guys can be can be pretty good pieces for this for this team. But, yeah, you're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose a lot. And then you sure you have Cade Stover and Noah Potter and those guys behind them. But – Filling that defensive end spot in 2021 is going to be a major priority for the Buckeyes. And that's why Sawyer, aside from the fact that he he allowed them to move on and recruit other guys quickly, not having to focus like Jackson Carmen did or Zach Harrison did when they weren't sure what was going to go on. That's the real value of Sawyer is that you know he's in and he's in two years ahead of time is a massive win for, for Ryan Day. But now it's about finding pieces to complement him. Tumiche Adeleye out in Texas, who's been on Bermanology as well. He he's back and forth, right? He's a five-star defensive end, but he's more of like a Jay Sean Cornell body type, maybe a three-tech um, eventually. Larry loves his three techs. He, he's a six-three, two hundred and sixty-pound kid, uh, five-star prospect out of out of Katy, Texas. Initially was going to commit on January 8th, decided he's going to push that back to August, told me the other day that something is coming that's going to totally shake up his recruitment, but he wouldn't tell me what it was. So look for some news from Adelaide here in the next few uh, days or weeks. But, you know, he's a guy that the Buckeyes are still uh, vetting and getting to know. There is uh, Corey Foreman, the number one ranked player in the country, defensive end from California. I mean, he, he's interested in Ohio State, but it's a major long shot to get a kid from California to come at Ohio State, especially because of the brand that Oregon is building out on the West Coast with Kayvon Thibodeau, another L.A. kid who was up at, at Oregon. Um, and then, obviously, the, the continued um, recruiting push that USC and UCLA is going to try to make for an in-city kid there. But, um, or lack thereof. Or, or lack thereof. But, I mean, there are a number of programs out west that are going to make that difficult. And then, of course, you have the Alabamas and Clemsons and LSUs that are always going to be involved in, in Georgia. So, you know, Foreman's a, a big name, but I don't know that I buy into him being a real target for the Buckeyes at this point. Landon Jackson, another uh, Texas kid, a five-star defensive end, is definitely on that list. He's a little raw. Um 
but he's a player that they really like. And then, you know, they're, they're just going to keep plugging away to find two or three defensive ends and then probably two or three defensive tackles in 2021. Yeah, and the defensive tackle part, we just ran through a bunch of defensive ends. Uh, and then Atleye, who's on the fence of what right. position he might play. Um, I'd like to think in Larry Johnson's system, he would play a three-tech, but but what do I know? Um, but that defensive tackle spot's really interesting to me because there's a lot of names and there's not any name that's going to pop out. When Ohio State recruits... Um, you know, Ohio State fans and, and Ohio State followers, they look for those defensive ends because yeah. it's just, it's the Bosa's and it's Chase Young and it's Sam Hubbard and all, and Taekwon Lewis and Jalen Holmes. But that defensive tackle spot is arguably the most, most important spot mm-hmm. uh, on the entire defense because those defensive ends, Ohio State recruits such great defensive ends. They require so much attention. Those defensive tackles get so many one-on-ones that the de- if you have good defensive tackles at Ohio State, you're going to be a very good defense. And so in 2021, when they reach out to these defensive tackles, I'm really interested to see who it is. Well, I think one thing that is really uh, interesting and impacts this a lot is what happens with 2020 signees and 2020 early enrollees, Jacoby Cowan and Darion Henry, because those guys think they're defensive ends. And they in their minds, they're defensive ends. But I'm pretty convinced they're going to end up being three techs themselves or guys that can maybe do a little in and out work like Nick Bosa did early in his career, start a little bit on the inside, move outside while their bodies change and develop. But the one defensive tackle that's really worth mentioning is Streetsboro, Ohio's um, Michael Hall. He's a 2021, has an early Ohio State offer. He's a really good defensive tackle. One, one, source that I speak to uh, regularly about Ohio high school football told me they thought he was the best interior defensive lineman in the state probably in the last decade so that's a pretty high praise Uh, I I think you could pencil him into the Ohio State class I did write about Michael Hall on Wednesday night uh, in dotting the I's and and he's slowing his process down a little bit doesn't want to jump too quickly into a commitment because he is interested in schools like Georgia and Penn State and wants to go out and visit some spots but I think ultimately that's a relationship Larry Johnson's going to win. And then you once you get those main pieces in Ohio plugged in, you can start building out and figuring out where those other guys are and there's so many talented kids out there that are in that six foot four 240 pound range that are playing tight end right now or playing defensive uh tackle or playing wide receiver linebacker. or linebacker and a lot of these kids don't know where they're going to play yet and so it's so important for the Buckeyes coming into the spring and summer camp season to find those guys it's kind of interesting because like I've already said his name on this podcast now but Sam Hubbard started as a safety moved to linebacker yeah. moved uh Cade Stover started as a linebacker, now probably going to be a defensive end. Jacoby Cowan and, mm-hmm. and Darian Henry are going to have to face some reality here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Those, some of these guys that they're like, we've talked about it. It's a positionless recruiting strategy right now. And like Mitchell Melton, where's he going to play? Yeah. We're not sure. And he's a guy that doesn't get talked about in the 2020 class. Is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Is he a stand up? Is he a Baron Browning type? We're not really sure. What where he fits in, but he's a good enough athlete that Ohio State's going to take him. That 2021 class, you might see a little bit more of that that standard just defensive line well, yeah, instead what, of defensive tackle, defensive end, outside line. Or what line happens higher. is, you know, it is positionless as far as how Ohio State is recruiting them, but you can sort of gauge, generally speaking, especially on defense. If a guy is a linebacker in high school, he's a pretty good chance he's a defensive end in college. If he's a safety in high school, pretty good chance he's going to be a linebacker in college. So just move him down one spot, uh, and that's typically where you're going to find the, those guys working themselves out. But does that does that work with like running back and offensive line? That does not a work. tight end. No, that works on <laughs> defense, not on offense. Um, 
but it, it, it's there's a lot of moving parts and i guess the whole point is that the numbers in 2021 are not going to be 26 27 guys i mean you're talking maybe a class of 21 22 so with nine guys already committed things can get really tight very quickly and it's not going to be i'm going to say this and ohio state fans can roast me in the comments it's not going to be the number one class in the country no and that's because okay. because ohio state everybody wants to look at they have the number one class in the country it's just such a great talking point to have and and so many people love to, to beat their chest over that but if you take 21 guys in a class you're not finishing with the number one class it, in the country it, the reality of the situation and I'm, I'm just gonna zip ahead is no matter what happens with no matter how good a class ryan day puts together in any any year from here to eternity it is a different game being played at Ohio State than it is being played at Georgia and LSU and other spots around the country. The Buckeyes are almost never going to finish with the number one ranked recruiting class and in the country because they are never going to land players like Keeley Ringo and Darnell Washington in the last few days of a cycle um, because they're, they're just prioritizing something totally different. Yeah. So, I mean... but. But what I, I was trying to, I'm not going to dive into all what all that means, obviously. But it, what I was trying to get at, though, is Ohio State knows the exact kind of guy it wants. Yeah. Like, like when we talked about we talked about Barrett Carter the other day. That's the kind of guy. If you watch the Bermanology with him, I'll plug that for mm-hmm. you. That's the kind of guy Ohio State wants. Yeah. He's a smart kid. He's a good kid. Ohio State's going to recruit him. That's going to be the same along that defensive line. It's going to be the same at defensive end and linebacker and safety and, and corner everywhere on the roster. It's going to be the same. So in 2021, Ohio State has just this phenomenal class right now. But don't think that they're just taking these guys because they're the best athletes in the country. Right. These guys fit what Ryan Day wants his culture to look like in this building. And the, the reality here, and not to get all, you know, poli sci on anybody, but like... G, uh, demographics have changed majorly in this country. It is a lot harder to take kids from the South and bring them to Ohio to well, play they're football. They're learning that this weekend with Jameer Gibbs. Um, it's a lot harder to do that than it used to be, and especially as programs like Clemson and North Carolina and uh, all these teams are reinvesting in their programs and, and turning what used to be kind of sleeper cells of, of programs into revitalized places. Georgia, you can't go into Georgia anymore and just take people because Mark Richt isn't there anymore, right? Yeah. Now, you you need to still go down and pluck a few of those guys, but what you to your point, the guys they're going down there and getting are not just the freakiest of the freak athletes. They're going to go down there and get the kids that fit the profile of what Ohio State's looking for. And I know that sounds elitist in some way or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's not. It's... Every program in the country is trying to find guys like Ohio State's bringing in, but with that, there is going to be a, a, a an offset, and that is for some of the higher ranked kids in the country, talent is going to supersede um, those other characteristics, and and that's that's that. So uh, we, we did we did defensive line. Yeah, we, we did we need running talk, back. We need to talk defensive back because that's that's the biggest spot. If we get um, in there. We'll end there because we could we could break this down a million different ways, and we have a year to talk about quarterbacks and wide receivers and everything else. But the defensive back position, obviously, in 2021 is going to be huge. Uh, it, it is going to be the centerpiece of the class when it's all said and done, I think, outside of the offensive line, um, which is off to a great start with Ben Crispin and, and Donovan Jackson. But that group, especially as, as we sit in this building and wait for Ohio State to f- – 
finalize a, a hiring decision on the defensive back. Don't coach. say his name too loud. Um, you know, we've talked about Kerry Combs a million times, so we don't need to – until they know that that's a done deal and until it's finished and wrapped up, it's hard for these defensive backs around the country. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard for these guys to make decisions <laughs> uh, and to really feel confident in what they're doing. They can talk to Ryan Day. Ryan Day and, and Al Washington are reaching out to guys like Jordan Hancock down there in uh, in, in Barrett, Barrett Carter's teammate down at uh, North Gwinnett. He's a priority. You got someone like Tony Grimes uh, from uh, Virginia, who obviously is the number one ranked cornerback in the country. People are going to be interested in him. He's a really good player. But you know, Jeff Halfley left, and, and now they don't know who's recruiting him. So Al Washington has to step in. The, the question marks are, are going to be around this group. And if if it ends up being carry like we expect, it's still going to take months for people to really get to know him and to feel comfortable and confident enough that he's going to be able to replicate the success he had uh, when he left Ohio State the first time. I think – I think Jalen Johnson's a pretty good start to yeah, this class. Jalen Johnson's a great I would, start. I would say he's a very good start to this class, and and people might dismiss him again because he's an Ohio kid, and fans for some reason begged Urban Meyer to recruit Ohio kids, and now when Ryan Day lands one, he, they kind of dismiss yeah. them, and it, it's just it, it's so odd to me. He's really good. Yeah. They don't know where he's going to play, safety or corner. Like you said, he plays plays a little bit of both right now, and you might have to slide him down a position, but. He's a really, really talented kid, and it's a great start to have him in the class and, and be able to say, hey, if you want to come up to any home game you want, we're going to have this corner, yeah. this corner, and this safety here. You can help us recruit them. Um, that's just a great start to this defensive back class, and it's it's so important this year only because you're going to lose Sean Wade next year likely. I mean, that's the, I guess he has another uh, – Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's going to leave. You yeah, can, you can bang on that. If Cam Brown has a good year, you never know what's going to happen there. Cam Brown showed a lot of flashes this year. I'm a big Cam Brown fan. Um, you know, the, some of these other corners that are coming in in 2020, they're still going to be young guys, yeah. and so you, you've got to be able to put a stamp on defensive back recruiting that that was there and would have been finalized and would have been just set for a long time if Clark Phillips would have committed to Ohio State. I really think that piece forced them to reassess what they're going to do in 2021. Well, the thing is, if you look around Ohio, and obviously, again, recruiting in the state has been a major priority uh, since Ryan Day took over. Cornerback has just not been a spot where there's been a guy like every other position so far. There's been kind of that dude in Ohio that you can bank on and say, okay, well, this is our guy. Uh, kind of got lucky in in, yeah, a, in yeah, a way. Ohio's still a, one of the top five or six producing states in the country when it comes to Division One talent, but um, it just hasn't been a lot of those cornerbacks that that have been program builders. And um, you know, you need if you're Ohio State, you have to go down to Virginia and find a way to to show Tony Grimes, who again is the number one ranked cornerback in the country, um, that there is a major need at this position starting in 2021. <laughs> You are the top player in the in the country at the spot. Kerry Combs is probably going to be your coach. We need we need you, and it, and it, it's it's hard because these kids are being sold so many different things by so many different people that it's sometimes uh, difficult to differentiate who's blowing smoke up your butt and who's being real with you. Whoa. And you can you can look at a depth chart and realize that hey, this is really what's going to be going on there. Um, Seven Banks and Cameron Brown, and these guys are, are good young players, um, but they've already been here two years. The crazy thing to me is Ohio State hasn't had the guy come in as a corner 
Kerry Coombs is known for recruiting the guy, Marshawn Lattimore. If you look at the guys that well, he... I mean, just look at Kerry's but, last class. I mean, the 2017 class was Jeffrey Okuda, Sean Wade, Darnay Holmes, Marcus Williamson. So he had four of the top... Uh, and then uh, he didn't land Darnay Holmes, but he was very he was right there at the end. Then he goes out when he loses Darnay Holmes and then just goes out and gets Kendall Sheffield instead, who was the number one ranked cornerback in the country in the class of 2015. So, like, it, his reputation precedes him at to this point. What I'm trying to say is Tony Grimes is going to be in the mix. I mean, if, if Ohio State if Ohio State ultimately hires Kerry Combs like we expect, Tony Grimes is going to have Ohio State in a top five. Sure. I, I would imagine he would have him in a top three if he did that. The hat will be on the table, so I'm trying this, to say. This is what I want to go back to, a point we made just a little bit ago. If a player like Grimes doesn't fit every other box that Ohio State's trying to check, then he won't be in that mix. And then you go to the number two corner. And then and you, you look at the fact and say, sometimes – I'm going to talk about running back just to – finish this point but like people think about tony alford and think all of a sudden he forgot how to recruit right but like ohio state in 2019 turned down noah kane they didn't they, you know their decisions that you make uh, as a coach and as a coaching staff to get made to say hey we like this this and this about this kid but he doesn't fit this and so you make tough decisions sometimes it seems like you fell short or didn't you know com didn't complete a recruitment with someone but a lot of times especially at a place like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, you are choosing that these players are not what well, you it, want. In hindsight, we can say it a little. Jalen Knighton. Right. Jalen Knighton. They, they could have had, you know, they, they could have gotten back in the running with Jalen Knighton. Right. And, and they decided not to. And, that, that's, and now, he, where did he sign? Miami? I don't remember. I think he signed Miami. doesn't matter. Point is, he, he didn't even end up at Florida State where he was going to go. So, like, it, it's one of these well, things. That's a coaching change, and I, I yeah. get that. But Ohio, he, you know, our sources have said he's he tried to get back in the mix at Ohio State. Nope, don't want you anymore. Yeah, so. it's just one of those spots where defensive back, especially when you're talking about a group that's probably going to be five or six guys deep, there are going to be so many names, and I, I don't want to focus too much on just guys like Grimes or Jordan Hancock or whatever because I think that those are some important ones to know. But there's a lot of time and a lot of ground to cover from Maine to California where, like, it's still January. Maine. Maine. Is there a guy up in Maine no, you got, no. got in mind, Berm? But it's still January of 2020, okay? Like, we have a year to discover and to evaluate and to learn who different kids are. Look at Enos Rackestraw in the class of 2020, who's picked up offers from Georgia, Alabama, Miami, all these schools in the last two weeks. Nobody heard of the kid a month ago. Is that real or is that a domino effect? Some of it's a domino effect, certainly, but some of it's desperation. Everybody is in the market for a, a defensive back at this point. Ohio State is as well, but they didn't offer. And I know for a fact that people in this building were watching his film over a month ago. So, like, they're aware of it. They're, they're, they know who these kids are. But, again, if you don't check every single box, it's just not going to happen at Ohio State. So. Anyway, um, we are going to wrap up this edition of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and our friends at Byers Auto. Um, and we'll be back in touch and talking more stuff in the next few days. But um, that will be it from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That is Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time.